five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to episode three of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. I am Chris at Light Forest. I am the host that's going to be hanging out with you with the next 20 to 30 minutes as we go through a jam-packed episode full of news. We finally have news, except about the Vancouver Overwatch League franchise, because we got very little there. Nothing new. But what do we have news on? Well, we've got news on Toronto, Atlanta, Paris, throughout the rest of the league. Lots of news. We've got BlizzCon, where we learned about Ash. Hero 29. We also have news on other Blizzard franchises we're going to talk about and the Overwatch World Cup. We have a world champion. So sit down, stand up, do whatever the heck you want, because we are moving direct to the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! So here we are at a payload. A payload that is almost empty. When I first came up with the idea of having a podcast on the Vancouver Overwatch League franchise, I chose to offer episodes on a bi-weekly basis because I felt, especially in the early stages, there would at least be news that I would be able to share. Now, there may not be a lot of news on a daily or weekly basis, but I thought there would be something on a bi-weekly basis. Yet here I am recording three weeks after the last tweet from Vancouver OW on Twitter. There's been nothing. Heck, they've got an Instagram account too. Did you know that? They got no followers, nothing on Instagram. It's just an account that exists. I even went to VancouverOW.com, the official website. No news there either. The only proof of life that we know that there's someone behind the account is that the account itself likes the odd tweet that seems to come from members of Luminosity Gaming. That's it. There's no tease, no announcements, no news, no interaction with the fans who I am seeing interact with them. There has been nothing. And I'll be very honest with you, I'm kind of shocked. Now, I know some of you might be saying... Chris, be patient. There'll be news. There's still lots of time. And you know what? You're right. There is lots of time. There is no requirement that we have anything released to this point. Yet I'm not a patient person, and when I'm seeing other expansion franchises tease, interact, share news, it's tough for me to sit on the side and wonder, when are they going to do that with us? Now, I know that those of you who tune in to this podcast are probably wanting to learn more about the Vancouver Overwatch League franchise. Heck, you might be wanting to learn more about Overwatch League or just you like listening to Blizzard podcasts, and that's totally cool too. So, knowing that you tune in wanting to learn more about Van Owl, I've done at least some digging to try to find some information about what might be going on behind the scenes. Now, I've been reaching out to different uh, people throughout the Overwatch League, and I've just had a casual conversation with a few of them. And one of those conversations recently touched on the topic of branding. Now, specifically, 
colors. Now, when a conversation takes place about colors, you could probably presume if they wanted connection to the region that we would think about the Pacific Northwest in uh, shades of green and shades of blue, and you're bang on. Apparently, green is a color of conversation. A second color, specifically mentioned, that had been discussed is pink. Now, you might wonder, pink, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, the Pacific Northwest, doesn't seem to resonate. And I wouldn't question that. It doesn't. But what does pink resonate with? Runaway. So if you were to consider the rumors that Runaway is going to be coming here to Vancouver to play for the Van Owl franchise, I think it's quite smart that they would consider pink as a color because that resonates with the existing Runaway brand and allows you to have that brand recognition not only within the local market you're trying to serve, but the international group, the fans that follow Runaway and follow Overwatch and follow Owl and try to bring them into becoming an instant international fan base that makes Van Owl the international team to follow. Anyhow, food for thought. It'll be interesting to see if we hear about it on Twitter or through news or something before the next episode. But you know what? There is a lot of other news to share outside of Vancouver. So let's take a moment to catch our breath and jump into the fray. While it's been pretty quiet here in Vancouver, it's definitely been noisy throughout the rest of the league. In fact, when it comes to expansion franchises, since our last episode, we've had three very big announcements. Let's start off with the newly named Atlanta Rain. Now, the Atlanta Rain are going to run with a red and white coloring with the logo of a phoenix uh, to represent their brand and their image, and that's somewhat representative of Atlanta franchises, uh, birds being the, uh, the topic. As far as a team is concerned, they've actually announced signing of a number of players. You have Maso is going to be doing support out of Team Giganti. You got Pokpo, who's a tank. Daka, who's flex out of Element Mystic. You have Erster for DPS. That's Lucky Future Zenith's uh, former Erster. And Nilar, who's going to be DPS from last night's Leftovers. And then three unaffiliated uh, players. Kodak will be running support. Gator is tank. And then there's Daffran, who's going to be DPS. Now, Daffran, for those who don't know, was actually suspended from all Blizzard sanctioned events last year for throwing games and griefing in ranked play, something he later announced was an attempt to get out of playing professional Overwatch. So, an interesting signing, to say the least. Staying out east, but this side of the border, we now know that the Toronto franchise will be called the Defiant, with the colors black and red as their primary. While they didn't announce their team or roster at the announcement event of the name and the branding, we've since learned that they've signed a number of players and staff. They've got Nico running support, previously of Boston Uprising. Envy, he'll be running Flex from Metabellum. Ivy and Stellar, who are both DPS, and Takbung, who's a tank from O2 Ardeon. Aid, who runs support, was previously unaffiliated. And then we've heard that they've brought in Baroy and Don, both as coaches, and Bubbly as an analyst unaffiliated as well. And then Dennis Matz, who's going to be running as an analyst, who's previously from the website Winston's Lab. We then travel across the Atlantic Ocean 
to the country of France where we've gotten at least news of who is going to be representing the yet-to-be-named Paris franchise. Now, Paris made a splash. They announced that Best Best, their tank from Young and Beautiful, will be joining them. Danye, who's going to be DPS from Copenhagen Flames. Feifei, a player development coach from Eagle Gaming. There's Fincy, who's running Flex from the LA Valiant. You've got Hype, or Hip, the support from Eagle Gaming. Cruz, who's support from Toronto Esports. Uh, Kiku's the assistant coach, previously of the Houston Outlaws and Dallas Fuel. You got LH Cloudy, runs in a tank from the Mayhem Academy. There's Nico, or Nico GDH, who's DPS from Eagle Gaming. Uh, Saida, a strategic coach from Team Giganti. There's Shadowburn, who's going to be running DPS, previously of the Philadelphia Fusion. And then what we already talked about in the previous episode, soon is officially now DPS coming over from the Los Angeles Valiant. And the rest of the league, they've been doing some stuff too. We've got Boston Uprising announcing that they signed Blase, DPS from Gladiators Legion. The LA Gladiators signed Deckel, DPS, and Aurora Tank, both from Kong Du Panthera, as well as Axiom, Tank, Color Hex, who's DPS from the Toronto Esports Group. New York Excelsior announced that Flower, DPS, is coming out of their Academy XL2, and Nugent will join them as a GBM, previous, or GM, sorry, previously from Soul Dynasty, where uh, Nugent was a coach. San Francisco Shock announced that Violet support is coming from O2 Ardient. The Shanghai Dragons announced an entirely new roster. They're going to have Koma for support, Didi, uh, Diding DPS, Luffy support, Youngjin who's doing DPS, all of them coming from Kongdu Panthera. DM who'll be DPS is coming from Lucky Future Zenith. And then Guardian who's going to run Flex uh, coming from Toronto Esports. Now, as you can see, a lot of player movement, a lot of personnel movement, and that's something I think we're going to continue to see as the off-season uh, rolls along. Fingers crossed, at least in the next episode, we might have something to share about Vancouver. Now, I think we've got the player announcements out of the way. Let's talk a little bit about this event called BlizzCon. While we're going to talk about BlizzCon in a general sense, this is an Overwatch League podcast, so let's talk a little bit about Overwatch. Now, when Jeff Kaplan came onto the stage, he received a huge amount of pop. More pop than I would suggest any of the other franchises provided. Granted, I think there were a lot more people in the Overwatch World Cup arena where Jeff happened to be doing his presentation. And Jeff shared a conversation that he had with his nephew at the start of his entrance in the opening ceremony. And I can't do it justice, so let me uh, pull in Jeff to do it for me. So, so before I start, I have a quick story for you. My, my nephew is in town for BlizzCon. And I was so excited. It's his second BlizzCon. And he says to me last night, he says, Uncle Jeff, I'm so excited for the new announcement. And I'm like, well, John, what do you think the new announcement's going to be? And he says, I really hope you announce that you're removing Moira from the game. <laughs> oh man, I got a kick out of that when I watched that because uh, I love playing Moira and uh, John, uh, Jeff's nephew, John, I'm speaking directly to you. If you're listening to this podcast, 
I apologize for driving you nuts. I just enjoy the simplicity that is Moira. And if you ever run with me in Overwatch as I'm playing Moira, I understand that that yellow stuff is a key component to the role of the character, not just the purple stuff. Now, beyond the fake announcement that Moira is being removed from the game, the huge news is we now who know who Hero 29 is. And it's not who I thought it was going to be. It's not the Junker Queen, nor was it actually the hero that other people were predicting being inside of the capsule. See, Echo, the character that we ended up learning who was inside that capsule, will be a hero. Just not Hero 29. No, Hero 29 is a character we now know as Ash. And Ash, well, she also has a friend named Bob. I'll speak about Bob in a moment. Now, how did we learn about Hero 29? Well, Blizzard released a new cinematic. The cinematic titled Reunion focused on McCree and Route 66. And again, if you've not seen it yet, I encourage you to give it a watch. I'll share the link in the show notes. Well, it tells us a little bit about the event that leads to Route 66, the train crash. We understand why the capsule is on the payload. And we also understand that Ash, running the Deadlock gang, encounters McCree and they get into a firefight. Now, there are a number of different Omnic characters around. And Jeff, when the cinematic was over, talked about, whoa, it'd be kind of cool if we have this Omnic sniper guy or these Omnic uh, other characters, the three, uh, three characters known as the triplets who are an Omnic, just, you know, three random dudes. Well, no, we learn that Ash is the new hero and, uh, being DPS running with a gun, similar to what we would see with McCree, but think of Western, not so much the six shooter, but an actual rifle and a, uh, Omnic uh, heavy called Bob or B O B. And I'm not exactly sure what Bob stands for. I should have actually looked it up before we started uh, recording. Now the Ash character's primary is going to be called the Viper, and that's just a semi-automatic rifle where hip firing provides damage, but when you're looking down scope, uh, you're going to receive not only better accuracy, but also produce higher damage output. She also carries a coach gun, and that coach gun will blast enemies in front with a knockback, and it will also push back Ash, so you can disengage from a close encounter uh, should you wish to get out. You can also use that coach gun as a jump boost to give you better angles. Now, she's also going to allow you to throw dynamite. Now, that dynamite will explode after a short delay, so it's not immediate but you'll be able to shoot the dynamite, causing that explosion where you'd like it to occur. And anyone caught in the explosion is actually going to catch fire, have a damage over time effect, more dots, and in turn could be quite lethal. Keep in mind though, that Ash, if she's caught in the explosion, also catches fire. So you don't want to light yourself ablaze and be that person who flames out. Now her ultimate is what is really cool. This Omnic Heavy I've been talking about, Bob? Well, Ash summons Bob, who charges forward and can maintain a presence on a point or payload to actually contest. So think of it as character seven within a, a round. Now, Bob will be providing suppressing fire with dual arm cannons. He can actually be healed. So if you actually have a healer tossing some heals on Bob, Bob will last longer as an ultimate. You cannot, however, res Bob. So if Bob dies pretty quick, um, it's quite possible that the alt will be considered a miss. And that would be no different than, you know, D.Va eating an alt like Maze Ultimate or, um, again, you know, someone else popping an alt like a McCree who, you know, didn't have anyone in a line of sight. So again, really cool news. What I'm excited to know is that there are more characters already in development, and that should be no surprise, 
but what will echo be and how will echo, you know, fit within the, the meta for those of you who also are not aware of the echo character, we've actually known of echo based on the original artwork, uh, from the get go. If you look at the original, uh, you know, character artwork that was released. If you look above Tracer's shoulder, you'll see the Echo character there. So again, interesting to see when Echo comes out. Jeff did concede, not quite yet ready for prime time. There's some thought that Echo will be Hero 30, but also some discussion that Echo might be Hero 31 or 32, depending on how much more needs to be fleshed out. Continuing on Overwatch as a topic, we also saw the Overwatch World Cup at BlizzCon. And the first match out of the gate introduced the biggest upset of the World Cup. The United States, who was heavily favored, in fact, on a previous episode, I simply presumed that they were going to go and play Canada. Well, guess what? The United Kingdom upset them. The UK won the second match. They won one. And that's what they had said they came to the Overwatch World Cup to do. Get that one win and then, hey, we might have a chance. Well, not only did they have a chance, they somehow confounded a U.S. roster full of Overwatch League players to upset the United States 3-1. to one. That's right, the United States won one match, the first one, and then they got swept by three. It was unbelievable. And it's not to say that the United Kingdom uh, did something that the United States just couldn't respond to, although you could say the triple tank, triple support meta is a tough one to counter. It's just that the United Kingdom stuck to a game plan and they made the United States play to them when really you would think the United States would have tried to do something different. Now, the second match, Canada beat France three buzz. And you might suggest that, oh, well, Chris, you predicted it. Canada was going all the way through and we're talking about France here. Well, France did quite well. In fact, on Eichenwald, I don't know how Canada pulled it out. The only thing that I can suggest to happen was that when the chaos ensued, that was when Canada shone brightest. Um, in Eichenwald, they pulled one out of the fire. Uh, on Anubis, same thing. Again, Canada uh, got 3-0 when it probably should have been a lot closer. I would have even suggested Canada would have probably beat France 3-2, and that would have been a, a fair assessment of how the gameplay went. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch many of the other matches, and so ultimately, just to round out what happened in the Overwatch World Cup, Korea swept China for the gold. And unfortunately for Canada, China went through them. So Canada played against the United Kingdom for the bronze medal match and won bronze. So what does that mean? Well, Korea gets gold, China gets silver, Canada got bronze, and the United Kingdom got a respectable fourth. So any surprises of the Overwatch World Cup that you saw, let me know, shoot me a tweet, comment on the blog. Hey, let's talk a little bit about what happened and maybe what we foresee happening in future Overwatch World Cups. And I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the other Blizzard franchises at BlizzCon, because you know what? It's not called OverwatchCon, it's BlizzCon. So let's start with Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm is going to be getting a new hero called Orphea. And Orphea is going to be free for all of those who happen to purchase the virtual ticket. Now, I did. I'm getting Orphea for free for a game that I quite honestly, don't play all that often. I think I fired it up a few times, but I've never really understood the concept and I'm really not that good at it. I like to avoid salt and I find when I play, I am simply the guy that is the magnet for all the salt that's tossed my way. 
World of Warcraft Classic is also going to be coming out in summer of 2019. That's the official vanilla version of Warcraft. So for those of you who didn't start from the beginning, you don't understand how hard it was to get around the map. You have been able to go and get a mount quite easily. Heck, you've been flying around the map. Well, trust me, vanilla makes it a lot more difficult. That's when you take the Griffins or the other modes of transit. And again, I played Alliance, so I really don't know. Um, the horde side of things. Um, but it vanilla is tough. Now, uh, virtual ticket holders like myself, those at BlizzCon, we get to play WoW Classic uh, in a demo version, although it's time restricted to uh, ensure the servers can handle the load. But for the rest of us, uh, well, it's summer of 2019 when it comes out. And if you happen to have a World of Warcraft monthly subscription, it's going to be included. So you're not going to have to pay anything extra to play. We also saw a new World of Warcraft cinematic, and in that cinematic, it shows that Saurfang and Anduin are going to come to a detente, forming an alliance to take on Sylvanas, and that's setting up where Battle for Azeroth, or at least that expansion, is going to proceed. Continuing on Warcraft news, we also learn that Warcraft 3 is getting a remaster and is going to be out in 2019. Now, I frankly loved Warcraft 3. I love the story, I love the gameplay. Uh, I actually enjoyed the multiplayer component as basic as it was back then. Now I haven't yet committed to whether I'll pre-order it or not, but if you do pre-order and you choose to pre-order the spoils of war edition, which costs $10 more, that edition is actually going to get you blizzard wide digital goods. There is a pet in world of Warcraft. There's a hearthstone card, and then there's some unannounced uh, digital goods that are going to be coming through other blizzard titles. Hearthstone. Well, they're getting a new DLC called Rastakhan's Rumble. And while Rastakhan's Rumble will be focused on trolls and sort of this new character concept, it's also introducing a new keyword keyword, sorry, called overkill. And what overkill will provide you is a bonus where if you deal more damage when attacked than the opponent can. So let's say your character attacks a angry chicken and deals significantly more damage than the angry chicken does. Well, that character will then, or card will be able to go and attack again or some other equivalent bonus. Now, if it's attacking the card could possibly attack up to three separate times so long as overkill continues to trigger. And then there is Diablo. Now some backstory here. Diablo was one of the first Blizzard titles that I really enjoyed playing. Like I remember a buddy of mine also named Chris. Well, his father worked in the, the computer industry and they had a LAN set up in his house. And I remember uh, my friend Chris, my friend Michelle and myself, well, we all hung out and we used to play Diablo on the LAN. Again, that's sort of our version of multiplayer, but it was so cool to go into the world of Sanctuary and, and fight the demonic presence. Well, people have been amped up thinking that, hey, there's going to be a Diablo uh, announcement at BlizzCon. It's going to be Diablo 4. And it wasn't. No, Diablo is going to mobile. That's right, mobile with a new title called Diablo Immortal, which is going to continue the story from Diablo 2. What's interesting is that when mobile was what was announced, you could hear a collective groan from all of those in attendance at BlizzCon. And when they announced that there would be a playable demo of Diablo Immortal available on the BlizzCon show floor, the pictures that I saw through social media showed absolutely no lineup and if you wanted to play, you could literally walk up to a device and try it out. 
There was a Q&A when uh, a fan in a red shirt, and I wish I had the clip that I could play for you, got up on a microphone and said, hey, is this simply an out-of-season April Fool's joke? He got more pop than anyone on the Diablo stage received. And you could tell that those on stage were somewhat insulted by the guy accusing them of, you know, providing a very uh, intense quote-unquote April Fool's joke, which it wasn't. They were quite defensive. I don't know what to make of it. I don't think I'm going to be the type of person that's going to go to my mobile device to play Diablo. It's not something that interests me. Sure, it might be a great mobile version of a game, but you could say Fortnite Battle Royale has a mobile version. It's not for me either. The thing that actually surprises me the most is that the audience at BlizzCon, while they may have mobile phones, aren't showing up to learn what's coming out on their mobile device next. They're primarily going to be PC players. So was BlizzCon the best place to announce Diablo Immortal? You tell me. So here we are wrapping up the third episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. And while I wish we had more news to share on the Vancouver front, I do hope in the coming weeks, not the coming months, the coming weeks, that there is something for me to be telling you. At least here in Vancouver, it is. Now, we know that the rest of the league is going to continue to be busy, and I do wish that you'd continue to tune in to learn more about that, if that suits your fancy. But one of the things that I am planning on doing is continuing to evolve the podcast itself. This particular episode was less formal than others, less scripted. I wanted to be a little more freeform and more conversational. I hope that that resonated with you, but if it didn't, or if there are things in the previous episodes that you really wish I did differently or maybe more of, let me know. You can tweet me at ReadySetPwn. You can go to the website at ReadySetPwn.com and use the contact form. Or you can email me directly, feedback at ReadySetPwn.com. Now, one little tidbit I do plan on sharing is that I will be introducing a co-host in an upcoming episode. I feel it would be better to have someone that we can bounce ideas off of, where we can have that true conversation, where we can talk about things, where each one of us has an independent opinion and quite possibly can maybe even debate or agree on the different topics that are presented to you. That said, it might be in the next episode, it might be a few episodes out, but it is going to happen. And I'm really excited to be sharing with that, at least with you now, because that's a tease. Something I really wish Vancouver was doing right now on Twitter with their Overwatch League franchise. I'm also curious if any of you are interested in helping out run ReadySetPwn.com, at least the blog. Right now it's been a solo effort. It's just me behind the scenes, sourcing out the content, writing those posts, and while I would like to be staying on top of things, it's quite hard when this is the side gig and I have a day job that gets in the way. I also have a young daughter, Baby Force for those who might have seen me refer to her, at least on my alter ego account, Light Force, and as a father, she takes up quite a bit of time that I'm happy to give, but that's time that I don't necessarily have available for the blog. So if you have an interest in blogging or curating content, or heck, you just want to have a conversation, please let me know. Twitter, through the contact form, or by email, let's have the conversation. Again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in for episode four. But without further ado, I have two words for you. Catchphrase! Thank you.